Thank you for joining me in another episode of my podcast, Until Divorce Do Us Part. My name is Finest and I'm a divorce coach, life coach and mom to two fantastic kids. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things divorce and life lessons. Today, we'll be talking about communication, how it can break down and what you can do to fix it. So stay tuned. I'll be right back after this. Welcome back and thank you for joining me. So today I'm going to be talking about communication or the lack of and what you can do to make it better. So the definition of communication is the act of giving, receiving or exchanging information, ideas and opinions so that the message is completely understood by both parties. Now that's the definition. Unfortunately, the definition of what actually transpires sometimes is completely different, but the goal is to have your message received, exchanged, and completely understood. So of course, there are times in marriage or relationships and divorce where this completely breaks down. And today I'm going to talk about why that happens and what you can do about it. So I'm going to start by saying that communication is pretty important in relationships, in marriage, and in divorce. Sometimes, you know, I'll think about relationships in terms of, or in marriage, I'll think of what issues can there be in marriage? There can be trust issues, there can be financial issues and communication issues. And if there is no communication, how do you talk about trust? How do you talk about the finances if you have no communication? So communication then becomes a little bit more substantial, a topic in relationships and in marriage than any other. Because if you can't talk about your trust issues, and if you can't talk about the finances, then what are you talking about? What can you talk about? And why aren't you talking about those things? So let me start by talking about the idea of communicating and the idea of making points. I think sometimes when we are communicating with each other in relationships, and this is men and women alike, So I'm not talking to one group or another or talking about one group or another. Sometimes what we do in relationships is instead of trying to convey our point, what we're trying to do is trying to have the other person side with us and agree with our point. Rather than I was saying, I'm trying to make a point. I would like you to hear my point and understand my point. Because The idea of trying to make a point isn't so that you can agree with everything that I'm saying, right? Because we don't all agree on everything. So the idea is to make a point, to make your point, to not try and control what the other person is going to think or to say, but just to understand your point. But I feel a lot of the times when we're talking, that's not the point. The point isn't to make the point. The point is to try and steer the other person how we want them to be steered. And that can be problematic. And it's problematic because of what I just said, because your only job is to communicate a point and to convey your point. What the other person chooses to do with your point is what they choose to do with it. And what I also find is when someone is trying to convey a point, And they want the other person 
to align with them. That's when they think that the relationship is perfect. It's like a perfect relationship because we agree. It's okay to have that kind of relationship if that's what you have, which, you know, where you agree on everything. But for the most part, I think a lot of us have, you know, we don't always agree with our partners. But what we do do is we respect their position and we respect our position and we're okay to move on from there. It's when we're not okay, that's when it becomes an issue in the relationship. And I'm a big Disney Pixar watcher. I have two kids, so I've basically watched most of the movies. And there's one movie, Frozen, that comes to mind. Elsa's sister. I cannot remember the name of this sister, (laughs) but I remember when she met her prince and they were singing. She and the prince were singing and they just met And it was like this scene where they were finishing each other's sentences and it was a fun song. And that was her idea of a soulmate meeting her Prince Charming, that they were able to do these things and they were able to sing and dance together and in sync. And, you know, as you go into the movie, I'm sure we've all watched it by now, you realize that he wasn't in it for the in syncness. He was in it for other things. So that's not to say that that doesn't happen to some people. But for the most part, you are not in sync all the time. Even if you're with who you call your soulmate, your soulmate is not there to be your continuation. They are there as their own separate person and you are your separate person and you may share ideals and you might share some similarities, but you are two different people and you will have moments where you won't agree. And that's the part where it's okay to not agree all the time. And so with that said, how you are conveying your message in relationships and in marriage and in divorce is very important. And it's as important as what you're saying. Because if you're saying it in a way that is finger pointing, that is blaming, that is not conducive to the person responding in a way to listen to what you have to say. Because a lot of us, when we start a conversation, we start with, why do you always? And then that becomes our question and that becomes our mode of communication. And I've mentioned this before in another podcast. The why do you questions are the worst questions you could ever ask someone. It's an automatic start to a fight is what it is. Why do you always? And that's blame. That's automatic blame. So that's not, that's not a question anymore. You are now blaming. So I always say, never start with why do you or why do you always or you never. You know those questions. How you communicate is more important than the topic itself. And then what you have to think of when you're communicating or trying to communicate is how would you like to receive that question? And And if you were asking that same question, how would you like to respond? Because sometimes I think we are so ready to be blamed when someone says, I'd like to talk. Automatically it becomes, oh no. (laughs) Becomes, oh no, I, I wonder what this is about. Because sometimes what we, when we are having a serious conversation, what we'll do is we will say the same thing when it's a serious conversation will say something along the lines of, well, I will say something like, Jack, I think we need to talk. And that becomes, you know, a a pressure on Jack, whoever Jack is, to say, oh no, what is it now? 
So they're automatically geared up for something serious because that's how I always approach a serious question. So I think sometimes we have to change it up a little bit. You have to change it up from Jack, I think we need to talk to maybe, hey, Jack, can we talk right now? Just for a second, you know, make it up, you know, whatever it is, because then he's he or she is then geared up for, oh, no. And that's not what you want when you're communicating. You want to just be able to communicate your point without an, oh, no, what now? So they've already built up their barrier. They've already built up their wall because now you want to talk. So now I've got to defend myself. And just because you're communicating doesn't mean you need to defend yourself. You just need to hear them out, listen to what they have to say, and then respond if a response is actually necessary. Because sometimes people just want to be heard. Sometimes people actually don't want a response. Sometimes people don't want you to defend your behavior. Sometimes it's just a comment that you want to make. I want to say, like, for example, I'm having trouble with my loved one today. And I just want to tell them about what they did with a gift that I gave to them. And I just want to say that if you give me this gift, you've now relinquished the gift to me. So you needn't ask me any more about this gift. And I just want to tell you that because it bothers me when you ask me, so where's that bracelet that I gave you that you didn't wear? Well, it's my gift. This is what I'm thinking. It's my gift. So I get to do what I want with my gift. So I just want to convey that to you. So sometimes some things don't need a response. And if they do, they'll look at your partner, will look at you and you'll know that they're expecting a response or you can ask are you expecting a response? And they could say yes or no. And a lot of the times too, in conversations and in communication, I find that people, partners, oftentimes aren't even listening. And that's part of the problem in communication. You have to listen. I love Judge Judy. You might be wondering, what does Judge Judy have to do with this? But I love Judge Judy because she oftentimes says in some of her shows, you have one mouth and two ears for a reason. And that is never more true than in communication. Because sometimes when we're communicating, we think that our talking is more important than the listening. And in great communication, listening is way more important than the talking. If you are telling me something that you need me to hear, and the last thing I'm doing is listening, and listening and then not listening comes in the form of thoughts that have nothing to do with what the person is talking about. A lot of the times we'll come up with, as a person is talking, we'll start bringing up things that happened in the past that don't address what's going on today. And so our thoughts are all over the place when someone is trying to tell us something that is crucial and something that is important for them to tell you and for you to hear. But because we are so wrapped up in our thinking of how we can defend ourselves, because automatically it becomes an attack. It might not even be an attack. It might just be a comment that needs to be made. And it could be as simple as that. But we are human and we tend to go in the fight or flight when sometimes just be still is a response. Just listen. And just think about that just for a couple of seconds because, and this might be your homework for this week. Yes, I'm giving homework on a podcast. (laughs) So when someone wants to communicate with you and you are listening, really try and see how much you heard 
and how much you're listening, especially with cell phones, right? Because we get so distracted so easily these days. So try and see how much you listened and how much you heard. Because I think sometimes too, when a message is being relayed to us, we turn it into the bits and pieces and the little portions that we heard, and yet we didn't hear the whole thing. And then on top of that, the person might actually be thinking and saying the same thing as us, but because we didn't hear it in the same words, using the same language, then we automatically think that they're saying something completely the opposite. That used to happen to me all the time when I was married. Like I would say something, my ex would say, no, that's not correct. And he would repeat what I would just said, but just using different words. And I would say, I just said that. So how many times have we done that where just because we didn't hear it exactly the way we would have said it, that a fight then ensues over you two talking about the same thing. And this is why communication in any relationship, I don't care where you are, but especially when you're at home, you're at home with your partner, your wife, your husband, your children, the way you guys communicate is more important than any other form of communication you can have anywhere. And if you have it great at home, you can only have it great outside the home if you know how to communicate with your loved ones. And a lot of the times too, some of us will think that we can say whatever to our loved ones. Oh, just say whatever you want. Well, you are living with this person all the time and hopefully for many, many years to come. So it's way more important that communication work at home than it work anywhere because you're spending all of your time with these people that you say you love. And if you love them, you will respect them enough to be able to communicate with them in a way that is not always charged for battle. And then when you are in communication, in conversation with your loved ones, please, oh, please do not cut them off when they are talking. I know that, you know, I mentioned a few seconds ago how most of us, when we are listening to someone, we are thinking there are a million and one thoughts going through our head at the same time that we are supposedly listening to what somebody else is trying to tell us or trying to say. And in that thinking comes, how do I defend myself? And I heard that point. I need to say something now while they're in their mid-sentence. And so you proceed to then cut them off. That is the epitome of disrespect. If you cannot hold your thought while they are talking, allow them to finish. See, I always think what you don't want to happen to you, you don't then turn around and do exactly that. Because if you haven't allowed the person to finish speaking, then that breakdown in communication takes precedence over anything that was being said. As soon as you cut them off, The only thing they can think about is the fact that you cut them off, not what they were trying to tell you. And they don't even want to know what you want to say. So your cutting them off is completely irrelevant. I'm talking from experience because it happened to me way too often in my marriage where I would open my mouth, my ex would jump in my mouth and I would just get up and walk away because I knew what was going to transpire after that. Nothing productive. So my way out was to always walk away. I couldn't defend someone talking over me, right? There's two people talking over each other. What is that all about? It's not useful. It's not productive. That's communication at its worst. 
when someone interjects, when you haven't finished talking. Now, I'm not saying that you're supposed to sit there and listen to somebody monologue for 15, 20 minutes, but I'm just saying that if your point can wait and if they need to say what they need to say, allow them to say what they need to say and really listen to what they're saying. You may agree, in which case you can just say at the end, I completely agree. And then you can hug and and kiss and, you know, get on with it. So be very mindful of how you are listening and how you are responding, as well as being mindful of how you convey your message. So let's fast forward into communication broke down and you are now in the midst of your divorce. And if you think that your lack of communication gets better in divorce, it does not. Just because the two of you are separated, living in two separate households, does not mean that you are communicating any better. And I used to think that I, you know, once my ex-husband and I were separated, that we would be mature enough to be able to communicate. Little did I know that it takes, and I knew this, I knew that it takes two people to communicate. But I thought at that point we were on the same level. And this is me making assumptions for someone else, which I should never have done. And I was assuming that we were on the same level in terms of wanting to move through the divorce in peace. So, you know, I find out that that's not where he wanted to be. And so we don't communicate vocally. So my ex and I communicate mostly through nonverbal communication. And every piece of communication is written because it's the best way for me and my ex to communicate. So everything is via email, is via text. Is that my preference? Absolutely not. I would love to believe that one day my ex-husband and I, the father of my children, will be able to have a conversation. It won't be, you know, like we were friends, but just civil, just a civil hello and a civil goodbye. But you just have to know that you have to be on the same page in order to do that. And if you are not, you can talk and you can be as kind and be as polite as you want to be with your ex. And if that is not in kind, if it's not returned in that way, then there is no communication. There's no civil communication. And I know a few people who have done that, who have tried to communicate with their ex and it just hasn't worked out because of whatever reasons that it doesn't work out that way. So now they have apps that help people who cannot communicate during divorce to talk, like Talking Parents. And I like this app because you get recorded phone calls. You have, they generate PDFs so any t- any communication between you is recorded and you can print. And if it's, you know, court worthy, you can print it and bring it into court. And it allows people to communicate in ways that's civil because it's almost as if somebody is looking over your shoulder, helping you write it because it keeps you under control. It keeps your anger under control because you know that that document could be taken to court at any time and used against you. So now you've got to be on your best behavior instead of you sending text messages and emails to your ex and bombarding their inbox with messages. So now you have this app to kind of rein you in a little bit. Now, it doesn't always stop someone from doing their worst because some people, you know, narcissists and abusers, sometimes they really can't stop themselves. So they'll do whatever, wherever. So it doesn't stop everybody. But for the most part, It will almost be like that guardian angel is sitting on your shoulder, having you write and say the right things. And so nowhere is communication more important than when you get to the courtroom. If you end up going to the courtroom, it is so important. And this is the last thing I'll touch on today. 
It is really, really important that when you get into that courtroom, that you are able to communicate your point and to communicate the facts. And I've talked about this in a previous podcast too, when I was talking about emotions. But when you go into the courtroom, you are going in with a lot of emotions as well as the facts. And a lot of the time, your emotions run wild in the courtroom and you spew so little fact and all you're doing is talking about what your emotions are. And it is so important that you go in with the facts to tell the judge. The judge does not have all day to talk about your 18-year marriage, about the emotions of your divorce. They only want to hear, what are the facts? What are the assets? What is the value of the things? Who gets legal custody of the kids? Who gets physical custody? They don't want to hear why dad isn't good enough to have custody because that one day he didn't take out the trash on time and he was a bad husband. They're not listening to that. And as much as you might like them to hear that, the judges and the court, they're not interested in hearing that. And again, like I said in a previous podcast, unless it's domestic violence, that's the only time it is of any use. Other than that, you have to go in knowing how to convey your point, how to listen. Because sometimes when you go into court, you go in again with a certain mindset, what you want to say, and you want to say it in this order. But what you have to do is you have to go in there with your facts, maybe not in order, listen to what's going on and pick out what's appropriate. Like if something needs to be said, you need to be able to say that. You don't need to go in there with your rehearsed passages and cite those and they make no sense to what's going on in the courtroom. So you have to make sure all of your ducks are in a row in your mind and be able, and you just need to be able to convey your message. Convey your message. Listen to what's being asked of you and answer with facts. So what I'm going to say is practice your communication. Practice how you convey a message. Do you listen when you're hearing something? Are you able to answer the question because you were listening? And some of us are not able to answer a question because we weren't listening. So practice conveying your message. Practice listening. Practice not interjecting and not interrupting. And just know it's, it's okay if you don't understand. You can say, I don't understand what you're trying to say and allow the person to redeem themselves by repeating what they were trying to say. Communication is very important. It always has been and it always will be in every relationship in every relationship. And it goes beyond the relationship inside your home. It goes into when you go into a store and you need to find something and you're asking for help. That's also communication. So through communication, this is how we humans speak to each other. This is how we do things. And the way you communicate can either make or break your day. But if you know how to do it effectively and well, at the very least, you'll have the information that you needed, even if the message isn't to your liking or what you wanted to hear. So I'm going to end it there until the next episode. So please subscribe so you won't miss it. And let me know what topics you'd like to hear more about. I'd be interested to know so I can make sure I'm addressing all of your needs and concerns. I can be reached on Instagram at LA Divorce Coach, on Facebook at LA Divorce Coaching, and on my website, finestbennettdivorcecoach.com. <laughs>